Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegley hosting this one. And today I'm joined by Buck Sanders, Mike Ingersoll, and appearing as a guest for this one, the one and only Tommy Ashley. So guys, wanted to say welcome to all three of y'all today. Thanks, John. Well, welcome back at you. Ah, Thanks. For this one, we wanted to focus on the report that came out that Keenan Stadium is going to be getting a seating change. The plan is that Keenan will have the bleachers taken out and they're going to go to seats. That's kind of the long and the short of it. And the reception to this has been mixed. So we wanted to get our three guys on here to kind of go over this. I figured, guys, that since Tommy is usually the one hosting, I wanted to start this one off with him. We'll give him the benefit. So what were your thoughts when you saw that report, Tommy? You know, I've I've said a lot on this podcast and on Inside Carolina since they reseeded to start with years ago or however long it's been. Putting new chairs in, uh, yeah, ideally that's that's pretty neat. But for me, for somebody that's gone to games for years and years and years, the seating or the comfort of the seating is probably, like I said on Twitter the other day, about 99th on the list of issues in Keenan Stadium. That being said, a lot of people use that as an excuse. So if they want to put in some fancy blue chairs and make it a little more comfortable to sit down at a football game, then by all means do it. I think the issue is going to be pricing and also the reduction in seats in Keenan. And that's something we certainly can debate heartily here, I have a feeling. Oh, yeah, I think we're definitely going to get into that because I saw Mike you made some pretty strong comments on Twitter the other day about this. So go ahead and uh, talk about your take on it. Yeah, well, for everyone who saw me on Twitter or maybe agreed with me or disagreed with me or came at my throat, whichever one of those three it ended up being, it wasn't a knee-jerk reaction when I said that I'm sick and tired of, of my football program making or my university making bad decisions with its football program. And when I say that, Obviously, I'm speaking in terms of the seating, and I don't think that more comfortable seating is a bad decision. What I think is a bad decision is we have such short memories that we forget, you know, it was just eight, nine, and 10 years ago, respectively, that we were filling that stadium with 60 plus thousand people every single home game, and we were only going eight and four. So to reduce the seating capacity to what's what I'm hearing is going to be around the 55,000 mark. That forecloses the option of ever having that environment ever again, that 60 plus thousand environment. And I was part of a program that worked to expand the stadium because we needed more space. Um, there, we, we, there was more demand for tickets than we had supply. So we created more seats and we bowled in the stadium and we helped raise the money for that. And we built that. And now to see that work essentially be backtracked, and we're going to drop below what we were even before the initial expansion. It just, it seems very short-sighted. It's, 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 to me, it screams concession that you don't think you can ever get that environment back. You don't think you can ever sell 60,000 plus tickets again for a Carolina home game. And I don't, I just don't like the message that sends. Uh, so knee-jerk reaction to that is it just, it looks like the wrong message, but that this is just one more thing in a string of decisions that have been made in the past, we'll call it 15 years. 
that really trouble me about the way the school approaches its football program. Well, Buck, you've been going to games probably longer than any of us. I, I know Tommy boasts about, you know, how many winters he sat through there in Keenan. But, you know, I wanted to kind of get your perspective on this as well. What did you think when the report came out that they were going to reduce the seating and put in those chairs? Well, for starters, I would go with uh, I don't follow Twitter that often at all. So I, I did not hammer Mike about his opinions, which, <laughs> you know, in, in, in my way of thinking are backward and pretty much uh, not in keeping with a millennial who should know better. Um, you know, there's. <laughs> Yeah, I so. I, I'm 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 going to blame Mike and John for being millennials and uh, and having back backwards uh, opinions about all this. But ten years ago, where were we with uh, streaming video? Where were we with HD TVs? Where were we with the ease of watching a game from your living room and? getting up off the couch, making yourself a, uh, you know, a refreshing adult beverage, uh, going to the restroom and, and all the rest of it. So, you know, there's multiple things here and I don't want to slam Mike too much. Although as much as I can slam Mike, the better I like it, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of competing considerations here and I don't think we should take our eye off the ball in terms of, recognizing that there are things here that we need to consider in terms of the overall environment in Keenan, in terms of the ease of watching a game in Keenan, uh, in, in terms of the atmosphere in Keenan during football games, all of that. And, you know, I was around before Mike was, uh, and, you know, I saw things that, you know, really were pretty awesome, you know, putting in extra bleachers for the Florida state game, doing different things so that we could accommodate, you know, all the people that wanted to watch a game, but we're in a different era now. And, you know, uh, Mike might be stuck in the eighties, but I'm not. And I, I think we need to recognize that and understand that there are different competing and conflicting at times considerations for how you want to approach this moving forward. Well, let me ask you guys this, because Mike, you know, he did bring up a good point where the, the stadiums were pretty full there for a while in Keenan. But let's be honest, for a lot of games, they're just not. There's a lot of aluminum staring back at you, especially on the TV screens. So is the fact that the seats are going to come in and we're going to have a reduced capacity, do you think that the hypothetical advantage that that's going to give to fill up Keenan, do you think that that's worth taking into consideration? Empty seats, empty seat, John. And it doesn't matter whether it's a aluminum or it's a pretty blue seat, but, you know, what's the sweet spot for capacity in stadiums these days? I see Buck's point 100%. There are uh, far more opportunities or options on game days um, but that is another whole point uh, because I've often said if you need an excuse not to go to Keenan Stadium on Saturday in the fall you're going to find one so putting a blue seat in there that's more comfortable is not 
as a big a deal, I don't think. I don't think that's going to help drive attendance. Now, what I have, what I do think drives attendance is product on the field. And you have the chicken and egg type thing there is, you know, does fan support drive the product or does product drive the fan support? There's a sweet spot there as well. But I think that it will look very nice. And I'm going to steal one of Mike's comments, but it's going to look nice. But the blue zone looks horrific every Saturday. And I'm not knocking the people in the blue zone because if I spent that kind of money to sit over there, I would drink it up and eat it up every day. They need to do something different there. They can put the blue seats in the regular area, but they've got to figure out how to drive people to Keenan Stadium and not alienate a large portion of a fan base that used to be there. Because Buck, I think Buck will agree with me and Mike may as well. I think the core Carolina football fan used to be between 30 and 40,000 people, maybe 35 to 40,000 people. And back during the Butch Davis era, when there was a lot of excitement, and I don't want to get into that argument, but back there in that time frame, people wanted to come see on top of that 30 to 40. Now, for whatever reason, I think the core fan base is 25 to 30. And I think those people are going to be there regardless. So how do you get the other people there? I just think it's they're spending $7 million to reseat the place or to put new seats in. Spend that money on marketing and getting people in the seats rather than having pretty empty seats. And there's a lot that goes into that. I'd love to hear Mike's thoughts on it and love to hear Buck's thoughts on that as well. Yeah, Tommy Tommy brings up a good point. And marketing and promotion of the football program is really what's going to bring people into the stadium. And again, I'm, I'm with Tommy. And not, not to go down the Butch Davis rabbit hole, but Butch was a great promoter and marketer of the football program. And one thing that we focused on during those years was we wanted football to be its own brand. So Carolina has a rep for being a basketball school, and it should be. You win that many national championships, you got that many players of the year, you absolutely should be. But there's no reason why football couldn't coexist as its own separate brand, and that was the attitude that we took. And we did a fairly good job of creating UNC football as a brand and marketing it that way, and the two seemed distinct. And Butch and Roy had a relationship. We had a relationship with the basketball team, but we didn't piggyback off of them. And it seems like there's a lot now of the football team kind of jockeying for the basketball program, but maybe not so much support coming back the other way. And it, it, it just kind of seems like football right now has an attitude of, at least the marketing campaign is, you know, we know this is a basketball school. We buy into that. We support them wholeheartedly. But, hey, we also play football, too, on Saturdays, you know, if you want to come watch. And that's, that plays into what Tommy was talking about, about you got to market the program and you got you to use that to draw attention and to draw excitement and to get people in the stands that way. That's how you get 60-plus thousand for three straight years at every home game. That's, that's, just, that's the only way to do it. Um, now, that's again, I'm not going to go down the butch rabbit hole. But that's, that's one thing we did successfully back then, and it shows that there is a formula and it can be done. And Buck brought up the streaming and the comfort of home and making yourself an adult beverage, and I'm not, you know, Mike's stuck back in the 80s, and that's fine. Um, but they've been broadcasting college football games since the 80s. You can watch, you've been able to watch college football on television since the 80s, and Twitter's been around since 2000, what, 2006? 
2007. So we're talking, we're talking mid to late 2000s. You've had Twitter around. You've had the internet. You've had Al Gore's internet forever now, it seems. <laughs> okay. It, you've been, you've had access to college football outside of going to the game. Um, so, I mean, yeah, you can, you got to, you grab a Roku, you can grab a watch ESPN app. You can watch some more games. If your watch ESPN app will actually buffer and work. So sure, I guess that option is there, but I'm just, you're not going to get me to buy into, there's just so many other ways to watch games that you don't have to go to the stadium. You can, people have been going to bars down the street from stadiums to watch the game that's playing 500, 600 yards away. They've been doing that for decades. That's nothing new ever since there's been broadcasting of sporting events. So there is something else at play here. And I think Tommy hit the nail on the head and it's, it's excitement, it's buzz. It's all of that, and it's a it's a very fine interplay between product on the field, right, r- wins and losses, and fan experience, and walking that line, and with you know what's what what's the right amount of each one to get people there. Again, my biggest concern is we are sending a message that we're that we don't believe we can fill that stadium with sixty thousand plus people, right? Like any like the smallest SEC stadium. Right. We just don't think we can we can do that. We can fill that many people in there. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to forever foreclose that opportunity, because unless we start now, we, we've already bowled in the stadium. Unless we decide to start building vertically, there's no way to add more seats once we take these out. So it's a permanent decision, at least for the foreseeable future. Uh, when it was a, when when Keenan was a horseshoe, there was always the option to bowl in or add more seats out there in the outfield. It was, that was always an option. Now you got to go vertical. You can't go out. You can't build out anymore in Keenan. So that I have concerns about the message that it's sending, and that's that, that's where I stand on it. And it. You know, for everybody that that got upset with me for what I said, it's again, it's it just seems like a bad decision in a string of bad decisions by the university with with its football program and jacking up ticket prices isn't going to solve that issue. Tickets are what now thirty bucks a pop? Is that is that what they are, John? Yeah, I mean, what, mean? What, <laughs> you can gonna, find them for get, probably cheaper. Gonna, you can probably get them for cheaper, but face value on on the most of those tickets is thirty bucks. So you raise the face value to what forty bucks? I mean, you go ahead and raise it to thirty five and see what a five dollar increase on your base ticket is going to do. It's it's not sending the right message. Well, let me ask you guys this because um, you've talked about the message being sent, Mike, a couple of times, and you know Carolina is working on that huge indoor practice facility. So when you're talking about message of the program, and Buck, I'll go to you on this one, how do you kind of reconcile lowering the seating with building that huge indoor stadium to basically keep up in the arms race with other programs? Well, I I don't have enough time, I don't think, to refute (laughs) every one of Mike's points, which they're all pretty much bad. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I, I don't understand how it is that Mike could be so out of a loop with his own generation, but it is what it is. Uh, you know, that there are plenty of opportunities, I think, for the University of North Carolina to enhance the game day experience at Canaan. There are tons of them. There's no question. Um, there's, uh, opportunities to increase the tailgate experience. There's opportunities to increase, uh, you know, the game day atmosphere, but it doesn't enhance North Carolina's ability to attract players. When you've got a stadium that seats what 63 or whatever thousand people, and you've got 43,000 people there, 
and you know the the build it and they will come philosophy you know has its uh you know that there's an argument to be made there but coming off an 11 win season you know in 2015 North Carolina still had games in Keenan Stadium that following year when they had, you know, 46, 47, 50,000 people. Yeah, and so coming off the, of, and coming off of eight win seasons in 2008 and 2009, we had 60,000 people in the stadium. I mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm you not know, understanding what you're Mike, you, you know, Mike, you're, you're, I think your um, experience of that and your estimate of that is wrong. Uh, I, I just don't believe that, you, you know, there were 60,000 people in the stadium the entire time that Butch Davis was there, no matter, no matter how much you want to believe that, it's not true. Well, it wasn't so, true in 07. I, can, I, I agree with you there. It certainly wasn't true in 2007. It wasn't true in 08 or 09 or 010. You know, there wasn't 60,000 average fans in the stadium. You can go back and look up the numbers. It's just not true. And, and I, I, I don't think you give enough, um, you know, was the internet around in 1980? No, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't. And was Twitter around in 1980? No, it wasn't. Uh, was, uh, you know, all these other things around HDTV, you know, 4K TV, 75 inch screens, were they around in 1980 or 1990 or even 2000? No, they weren't. You know, it's just a different ball game now. And I think you're stuck in a time frame where you'd like to be stuck and, and, and don't understand that there are different dynamics at play and would, you know, uh, in a perfect world, I love to see 70,000 fans and Keenan every Saturday. Love it. Would love it. Absolutely. And to Tommy's point, all those people that, you know, will use any excuse not to go to a game. Yeah. There, there are those people. But you can't look at that. What you've got to look at, how do we give people an incentive to get to football games? Not We're not, you know, don't look at those people that are going to use any, ex, any excuse not to go. Let's give people a reason to go. And, you know, I've been in uh, Charlotte, you know, uh, Coliseum, you know, uh, the Panther stadium and have sat in those seats and I've sat on aluminum bleachers in Keenan stadium. And I can tell you point blank where I'd rather be to watch a game. Not a question. I, I think you have to think about many things. I don't see this as a panacea. I don't see this as an absolute, Hey, this is how we solve the problem. There's a lot of things that North Carolina needs to do to bring fans back into the stadium. I think this is just one piece of it. I think it's a good piece. And, you know, other people can have a different opinion, no matter how wrongheaded they might be like Mike Ingersoll, but I think it's a good idea. Well, I think one of the things that you guys have brought up that I think Carolina needs to focus on is seating is just a part of it. You know, there's a lot of things like tailgating, parking, traffic, there's a lot of things that UNC needs to work on to just enhance the fan experience. And I think that's probably where they came from in terms of the perspective is Carolina was looking for ways to enhance the fan experience and they had to have crunched the numbers. I mean, let's, let's be honest here. You know, when you're undertaking a $7 million renovation, 
you don't do it on a whim. So they had to crunch the numbers and figure out, okay, we're going to lose this many seats, but we can charge a little bit extra and we're going to get, you know, these numbers of people into Keenan a little bit more. So when you're looking at it just as, as a whole, I see Mike's point where it is kind of depressing to think, all right, we're not going to get 60,000 people. We're not going to get the situation where people there, there's going to be such a demand you have to bring in the bleachers. But I think Buck is correct where the environment and everything today is just so different. I mean, even five years ago, look at ESPN, look at all these, uh, all the media money that they thought was going to continue forever. Now subscribers are, well, people are just cutting the cord and that's a brand new issue. So I kind of come down on Buck on this, but I do see where you're coming from, Mike. I, I think though, you know, as Buck's brought up, the, the memory of the past may be a little rosy, but I do think that the crowds on a whole were noticeably better under Butch. So well, I I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. This that. whole this whole Mike's living in the past crap, I mean that, that's 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 a that's a that's a wonderful argument. Um and it paints me in a very specific light. And I do appreciate it. What I <laughs> what I will say is uh cutting the cord apparently only affects UNC football and what are bottom dwelling teams in every conference because cutting the cord isn't affecting 80,000 people showing up in Death Valley at Clemson and cutting the cord isn't affecting any SEC stadium with the exception of Vanderbilt I guess um it's not affecting most Big 12 stadiums and it's yeah it's it's certainly not affecting the big house up there at Michigan it's not affecting Ohio State and the one thing that, and the one counter argument to that which I'm sure Council Sanders will come at me with is, well, you know, they win and they have national championships and they have heritage and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, that's that's one thing that that Carolina's got a little bit more of than people want to give them credit for. And we don't market it enough. Um, we haven't won national championships in football, but we we have a we have a pedigree and we have a pipeline and we have a lineage of some pretty damn good players that come through here. Right. We've got faces we can point to in the NFL and draw fan excitement and and and, and fan attention off of things like that. And that plays into the marketing aspect of it. So, you know, again, it, I, th I feel like we're sitting here and we're throwing punches because we're trying to explain, well, how, you know, how come we can't get more people in the stands and, and well, it's, you know, Mike's wrong because he's living in the past and no cord cutting is what's doing it, but it's not affecting these other programs. And it's not affecting 80,000 people down there in Clemson, South Carolina. It's not affecting people and it's not affecting a hundred thousand or however many go down to South Carolina, no matter how, how many bad games there are in Columbia. Okay. It's not affecting those environments. And it's a, I, I think it's a, it's a defeatist argument to sit here and say, well, we're not the sec and well, we can't be that. And that's a different environment down there. Bull. bull. All of those programs started from nowhere. They started from nothing. We've got Jumpman logos on our uniforms. We got a beautiful campus. OK, we have a we have a program we've proven can win. Right. And we send players to the NFL that are good players at the next level that are noticeable. Right. That get FaceTime on television. All right. Robert Quinn's name, even though he got disowned from the university. OK. Robert Quinn's name was getting called all night long last night in a playoff game. All right. There is there is there is noticeable traction that Carolina can build off of. From. Success it's had in its football program, and it doesn't do that. OK, so I'm I'm I, I'm sorry if I'm living in the past and I'm not as millennially conscious as Buck Sanders is, apparently. OK, 
But the cutting the cord thing and the I can sit on my couch and watch a, t- watch a football game on my TV or I can go to the bar down the street or I can get an update on Twitter, I'm not buying it. That stuff has been around, okay? But, Buck, you, you were around when the first college football game was broadcast back in the 80s. You were there. Oh, well, you hang, were there for the first time. Hang on a second. I know Tommy should need to jump in here. I was going to say, uh, I was and, about to, to go to Tommy, yeah. And, 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 and I think Tommy should jump in here, but I, I do want – a rebuttal uh, argument with uh, Mike Ingersoll, who is 100% wrong about everything. But, Tommy, jump in there. I don't disagree with a whole lot that Mike just talked about. I mean, his point that he's making is the point that I always make. Carolina, if you want a reason not to go, there's a reason out there not to go. But for six or seven Saturdays in Chapel Hill, there's no better place to be if you're a Carolina person. If you're a North Carolina alum, fan, whatever, there's no better place to be than in Keenan Stadium. And so how does the university, and maybe I I missed something when I stepped away for a minute, but how does the university market that? I don't think they do. And I agree with Mike in that they haven't done a good job. But at what point does it turn to the fans themselves get up and go? Because if you'd rather sit on your couch than be in a college football stadium with the pageantry pageantry that is college football, I don't know what to tell you. You know, I I don't know how to to defeat that argument. I mean, I haven't had an opportunity to go to too many places across the country for college football. But I'll tell you what, I went to Notre Dame and Southern Cal a couple years ago at Notre Dame. And that's a bucket list item. And there's no reason that Keenan Stadium can't be that way, um, whether it's seating 55,000 or 63,000. So I think this whole argument falls on the university to the better sell it. But I also think the fans need to suck it up and go and be there for the kids. He's right. Robert Quinn, you saw what he said when he was introduced, his high school. Do you think he does that if he doesn't get a disassociation letter? It's another whole argument. But, I mean, come on. That's a, a wonderful opportunity to advertise North Carolina, and the administration blew that. Another bad decision by the university with its football program. And so, I mean, I just – I don't know how you get a person that doesn't want to get off their couch off their couch. Is it winning football? Sure, but we can always go back to there's been plenty of times that Carolina was a winning football team and people didn't show up. And then there's times when, you know, they're eight and four and it was packed. What's the difference there? What is the difference? Buck, you're going to say, or you, your belief is it's the day and age we live in. But like Mike said, other schools don't have that issue. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what to do. I know that spending $7 million on seats is a little bit ridiculous, to be honest. When an empty seat's an empty seat, and they need to be spending that money on getting those butts in the seats. I was going to say, Buck, real quick, and I might be poking the hornet's nest here, but when you're talking about Carolina fans, and Tommy, you're right. I mean, a large part is up to the fans to just get there. But, I mean, look at the Dean Dome. With a top program a blue blood and the dean dome's never well i won't say never full but the dean dome is full for the duke game and maybe nc state game and that's about it so i think carolina fans as a whole do have that reputation 
and you know it it might be deserved so buck you wanted your rebuttal go ahead man well you know i'm getting old so uh it, it's tough for me to keep every argument in my head you know from <laughs> mike's rebuttal you know 20 minutes ago or whatever it was but he, he's dead wrong i mean it's not just unc I mean, and if anybody paid attention and wanted to research the facts, they would find out attendance in college football has gone down six years in a row. That's not North Carolina attendance. That's a football attendance across the board. Uh, college football television ratings have gone down in 2017. Uh, the CBS broadcast on television went down 10% last year. Anybody else that was running a corporation that had a 10% loss, you know, over the course of a year would be freaking the heck out. You know, you have got to discover and think of ways not, you just can't, you know, Tommy's attitude is one that I've run into with inside Carolina, multiple, multiple years, plenty. And Tommy's running into it too. There's an attitude among some, not everybody at UNC, that if you're a UNC person, if you're a UNC alum, you owe it to the university to show up on Saturdays for football games. No, you don't. You know, there has to be a reason why you're there, and it has to be a comprehensive approach to all of it. I agree with that. how, How do you make the game day experience better? There's limited amount you could do about traffic. If you're going to get 55 or 63, either one, into a stadium on Saturday, traffic is not going to be your go-to move because that's going to be tough regardless how you do it when you've got an on-campus stadium. You know, uh, concessions, you can do something. You could do something about other things to make the game day experience better. You could, there's a lot of things you can do. But there's a, a sort of an old-boy mentality at UNC that, well, we don't really have to do anything. We just have to, you know, just say, hey, you owe it to the university to show up. And that's not true. You have to make it worthwhile for people to lay aside an entire Saturday on a beautiful fall day to come to Keenan Stadium with their family, make it an enjoyable experience, you know, make the the entire experience as pleasant as possible. And part of that is seating. A lot, you know, the seven million dollars figure has been tossed around multiple times. How much did North Carolina spend on the blue zone? Thirty-five million, forty million. What are they spending on the indoor facility? Fifty Wasn't the million. Blue zone private donations? Uh, no, I mean, you know, it. Not every dime, of it, but wasn't it? Wasn't wasn't the vast majority of that money well, private donations? Yeah, yeah, but how much of the you know, what they're spending on the seats is private donations. And you, you got to, you that got to figure out, you don't know. And, and on top of that, $7 million, honestly speaking, in this day and age is a drop in the freaking bucket. You might as well be talking about $7. It sounds like a lot of money to me. I'd love to have $7 million drop in my plate. But $7 million to spend on a stadium to upgrade it, that's laughable in most people's uh, estimation. What did Texas A&M spend on their stadium? $150 million? I mean, what are we talking about here? 
And if you can make it a little bit more enjoyable, you, it's part of a plan. It's not a panacea. It's not going to make everybody love coming to, you know, Keenan Stadium. But if it's a piece of a comprehensive approach to let's make game day experience better, I'd rather have a stadium that's got 55,000 seats that's full than a 63,000-seat uh, stadium that's got 10,000 empty seats. And, Mike, you're wrong. You're wrong, dead wrong. It's across the board. You and Tommy are wrong about that. Attendance, football attendance has dropped six straight years across the board. College football ratings has dropped. Year okay, so, year. So, ra- so, ra- so ratings are down and attendance is down, but people are sitting at home watching it on their TV. So if, it, if, it, if ratings are down, that means people aren't watching it on TV. And if they're not in the stadium, they're not watching it in the stadium. So where are they? People, football, people not the, have not the other things to do. do. And, and, and quite and frankly, on. quite frankly, other sports are eclipsing football. The NBA is up 30% in this, uh, you know, in the – in the period of the NBA season from the start of it to the new year, uh, the viewing audience on television for the NBA is up 30%. Football is down. NFL is down. College football is down. You know, there, there are ways and means you've got to approach this from a comprehensive standpoint. You just can't look at it and say, oh, $7 million on seating is just stupid. That's wrong. You've got to do everything you can do to make the college football experience as good as you possibly can. And and that means across the board. It's not a matter of whether you're going to spend $7 million on seats or $7 million on marketing. You've got to do both. You've got to do Buck, it all. It's Buck, not a zero-seam game, zero-sum game. As somebody who's extremely knowledgeable on all of this, do you think mm-hmm. that, this, that, that college, football being, college football attendance and viewership both hand in hand being down one over the past six years. And we know that ratings, like you just said, were down over the past year. Do you think that has anything to do with a saturated marketplace in terms of entertainment? Meaning you have college football games being played. What see, what feels like now Saturday through Friday, where it used to be your JV high school team. They played Thursday, your varsity football team. They played on Friday, your college football team. They played on Saturday. And then your NFL team played Sunday, Monday, and that was it. And then we had the advent of the Thursday night game, which used to be the ACC Big East game. And that, but there was only one of them, right? It was the only game on television. Do you think there's become a saturated marketplace now that's, that's making football not the premium product that it was? It, there isn't the thirst or the desire, right? The need to go see football on those specific days, knowing you only have one day a week to go get it in. Because now you've got four or five days a week you can get it in, right? And then you would talk and then piggyback off of that, seating, right? If you've got a college football game on a Wednesday night, okay, or on a Tuesday night, which I've seen some Mac schools and stuff have done that, who's gonna be able what what fans that aren't that aren't the students are gonna be able to go to those games? Do you think do you think all of that playing in tandem is contributing to a decrease in television ratings and viewership and a decrease in attendance? Mike, I, I give you credit for bowing to my superior knowledge and shifting <laughs> the, the the argument to a different topic. And you're right. I, I do think there's an oversaturation going on. And the NFL knows that. The NFL right now, a bunch of people in the NFL, smart people in there, are trying to kill 
Thursday night football in the NFL because it's just too much. There's too much. And, and, you know, I do believe that, you know, there is a way you make, uh, you know, there's a supply and demand going on. You know, if, if there's way too much supply, you know, you, you the demand is not going to fill it, you know. And so I, I think there's a, the smartest thing you've said uh, during this whole <laughs> podcast has to do with, with, with that. Exactly. And, but you know, the, the, this business of dumping on North Carolina for spending $7 million on seating is a, is a weird argument. You know, I didn't, America, I didn't make the, I didn't make the I, argument I, that spending I, too much money on seating. I'm making the argument that addition by subtraction isn't the right answer. And it yeah, sends the wrong well, message. That's my argument. Well, you, you're wrong on that too, but uh, that's no, the I, well, yeah, I think you're wrong on your argument. So I guess we're just going to sit here. Well, well my, I made the argument about spending the money on seating. I just don't think it's the biggest issue. Buck, are you, you mean to tell me this, and we can talk about ticket prices now, and maybe y'all have, but if they raise ticket prices after going three and nine, that's the most Carolina mess ever. But that's another story. <laughs> And people want to think, oh, it's just a couple of dollars a game. It's, it doesn't work that way. And yeah, look, being, being the oldest UNC, I mean, having the most experience with UNC football here out of all of us, that includes me, right? With, all, with, with the decades you've been following it. And, 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 and you think, think Tommy's got a point? The millennial generation yeah. than anybody. Appa- apparently, apparently, yeah, apparently. Do you, think, do you think that raising ticket prices is going to have a detrimental effect on attendance for UNC? Well, here, here's the thing that I have run into for like a hundred years, as long as I've been alive, maybe minus 20 or 30. When people want to go to UNC games, and I, I know diehard UNC fans, guys that live and breathe UNC football that have never bought a season ticket ever because they've known as long as I've been alive that if you show up, an hour or two ahead of the game, you can buy a ticket, you know, off the street for less than half of what the face is. And if you're going to have a base of people that are going to support North Carolina football, they're going to pay for the season tickets prices. And as we've seen over the last several years, people that buy season tickets still don't show up and they still don't, manage to get those in the hands of other UNC fans, which is a different question. We've got to figure out a way. How do you get North Carolina tickets into the hands of North Carolina fans? However you do that. And there's multiple ways of doing that. And I'm, I'm the first one to tell you that there's a portion of North Carolina, the old boring network that doesn't care. They don't care. They think you're obligated. To show up, you're obligated to pay whatever the season tickets are. No, I'm not. And I don't think that's. I don't think that's right. I think. I think you've got to figure out a way to get the the right balance between ticket prices and attendance that you need to fill the stadium. Well, that's where you should on, be. I think that's where you should be aiming for. We could probably start wrapping it up, but I mean, I, I think the. But we can talk about this. I think that the pricing for tickets, okay, I, I'm one of those folks that have bought season tickets forever. But when they reseeded the first time, that kind of took a chunk out of the 
you know, that t- the believing that you have to do that. And then now they're going to raise them again after a, a sorry season. Look, I've been going to Carolina games for a long time. And the only time that it was hard to get a ticket to a Carolina football game, the only time that it was hard to get a ticket to the Carolina football game was judgment day against Florida state. Every hey, other I'm with time. you, Tommy, I'm with you. Yeah, every I had, other time. I had, I had four season tickets in those days. And just a little antidote, I entered in uh, Go Hills uh, ticket competition that week and won two tickets. So I had six. So I sold my four tickets. I think the statute of limitations is run on that. Uh, but I sold my tickets for probably like, oh, I don't know, seven times uh, the face value of it. So I get you. I understand. But at the same time, it's a balance of all things that has to go into the mix. You've got to make the game day experience good, as good that's as possible. Your, well, that's, You've that's got the to, argument. I just, we're just not going to agree on the seating. Is that being the answer? Well, no. you know, I, I, I don't say that it is the answer. I say it's a piece. You know, you've got to have a comprehensive plan to make the game day experience good for everybody. It's got to be good for the fan. It's got to be good for the team. It's not good for the team if you've got a stadium that's 63,000 seats and there's 43,000 people there. It's bad for recruiting. You know, you you got to have a intense game day atmosphere. And I don't think you can get there in this day and age by just increasing seating or trying to, you know, let, let's fill 63,000 seats. I, I just don't think that's going to work because all the other trends are going in the other direction. If you look at a chart, attendance is going down, viewing's going down, you're not going to get there that way. I think you have to have a comprehensive plan. I think this is just a piece of it. I think it's a smart piece, but I don't think it's the complete piece. And and I think a lot of people at North Carolina have to think about things in a different way that meets with the realities that we're facing today, not the realities we were facing in 1980 or even 1990. We've got to deal with things as they are today. That's my, I'm going to get off my soapbox now. And and I just want to say, I love Mike and I love Tommy and I love John, but I mean, that's where I'm at with all of this. I say that's a pro- I think we've about ex- exhausted the, conversation there guys i mean i think there were good points made on all sides at the end of the day we'll see i really take it as viewing this as a whole in terms of the the football program if carolina wasn't serious about football they wouldn't be pouring how many millions into the indoor practice stadium and they wouldn't be putting money into a reseeding that could turn out good could turn could turn out bad but the money's being spent and to me i would much rather see carolina spending money than sitting back and doing nothing and just praying that things change, that things get better by magic. So that's kind of my take on it. And we can go ahead and close on, on that. Unless if you guys have any final takes. No, I'm good. I'm talked out. I mean, I think Buck and Mike make great points and I'm not buttering up to either one of them, but, um, you know, I just need to butter up to me more than you do Mike. So there's that. (laughs) Well, in, in that case, Buck, you win the day. There uh, you go. Arguments. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I mean, I just think there's a sweet spot that needs to be met. And I'm just surprised that with all the 
quote unquote knowledge there is in Chapel Hill, whether it's with the Rams club or the administration or whatever, that they have not found it in 2000. And here we are in 2018. Well, and, I'll tell uh, you one way. I'll tell you one way to find it. Open up stadium drive to some tailgating and figure out a way where you can still get an ambulance through there. That's, I that's agree with that. I, Mike, that's the second thing I've agreed with you there. So oh my just God, so you God, know, my God. <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta quit. I gotta quit on on top guys. There we go. All right. We'll go ahead and call this one guys. Appreciate everyone coming on here on the Sunday. This podcast will air on Monday morning and we'll talk again later. Thanks, John. Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finance is made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie.